what most people do is they try to practice structures in three minutes or two minutes. And that's the worst way to practice structuring, even though that's most often what you're supposed to do in your cases. Welcome to the Case Interview Podcast. If you're tired of BS, generic case interview advice, then you've come to the right place. Here, we'll share practical insights, systems, and techniques that we've battle-tested with real candidates to help them get their offers at top consulting firms like McKinsey, BCG, and Bain. If you want to know more about our work, visit craftingcases.com and get instant access to our exclusive case prep material. Now, let's go on to today's episode. How to create great structures fast, in under two minutes. Everyone wants that. Everyone wants that. Or at least no one wants to create a good structure in 25 minutes. Yeah, or a mediocre structure in 60 minutes. But sometimes that's where you start, right? You start creating not so good structure in a lot of time. Yeah, that's a good first step. But yeah. we're going to get to the first step in a second. First... I want to talk about, and I want to ask you, actually, why do people want to get faster? What are they feeling? What mm -hmm. makes them say and ask us and send us emails, how do I get faster? So I think there's a few reasons. There are the rational reasons, and then there are the emotional mm -hmm. reasons. But I think the rational reasons are the faster you are, the better you are, as long as it's a good structure. Mm -hmm. That's what goes on in people's minds. And that's true, all else being equal. If you can create a great structure in one or two minutes, you are better skilled in structuring than someone who takes five minutes to create the same structure. Mm -hmm. Also, I think another rational reason is that interviewers and case partners tell you that you should get faster all the time. When you go to a workshop in one of these consulting firms or in a webinar, for example, they tell you that you have just a couple minutes to structure, to create your initial structure for the case. Mm -hmm. And so you think that you need to do that and you do need to do that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a true reason. Yeah. And interviewers ask you to do that because they want to move on with the case. They don't want you to be sitting there for 15 minutes and not being able to present anything to them, which is what would happen in most interviews if they gave you unlimited time, right? Yeah. Now, there are some emotional reasons in my perspective as well. One mm. is silence anxiety. Yeah, true. There's a lot of anxiety in being silent for one, two minutes, three minutes that feels like an eternity when You're in an interview. When the interviewer is looking at you, yeah. maybe they get a bit impatient. They start looking at their cell phone. They start asking you, mm, how, how are things going? Should we start? Yeah. And you're like, ooh, my framework isn't ready yet. So there's a lot of anxiety there. And also, I think a lot of people have a desire to please the interviewer. Hmm. How so? They want to make a great first impression. And if you're a little slow at first, or if you take more time than you think they expect, you kind of fear that they think you're slow. Mm -hmm. And no one wants to be slow in an interview. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. 
what I see is candidates doing mock interviews and not being able to think of issues that they know that they would have been able to think if they had a ton of time, mm -hmm. or at least if they didn't feel the pressure uh, of maybe the silence anxiety that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I remember one interview that I did, the interviewer gave me time to think. Mm -hmm. This was at Bain. And I could think for the first two seconds. Yeah. And I did one breakdown in the brainstorming. And then for the remainder 40 seconds that I took, my mind was blank. And then eventually he said, all right, uh, what do you have? And I started talking from my initial breakdown, which was all I had. Yeah, that's interesting because people always say, oh, how much should I stay silent when I'm structuring the case? And I always answer it depends because it depends on a lot of variables. And I think this is one of them that a lot of people don't recognize, which is what are you doing in yeah. that silent time? Because, well, nowadays a lot of interviews are over Zoom, so they can't really see. But in live interviews, mm -hmm. they can see if you're doing work, if you're creating if you're your structure around. or if you're just staring at the ceiling. And yeah. if you're doing work, you kind of get more time, right? Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you're staring at the ceiling, they might give you a few more seconds to think, but then they'll be like, okay, let's start talking because <laughs> this person probably needs some guidance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there's a different attitude on the side of the interviewer when you're doing something rather than when you're doing nothing. If you're doing nothing, their attitude's going to be, come on, let's get something rolling here. Yeah. And they're skeptical. Yeah. If you're doing work then their attitude is, I'm curious to see what this guy is doing and how he's going to solve the problem, or this girl. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot with students of our free course and of our other courses as well, especially the structuring course, because they learn how to structure things mm -hmm. specifically for the case, and they tend to not get stuck. Mm -hmm. They tend to know what categories they should create, how to create good hypotheses for each category. So I see a lot of our students creating structures pretty fast mm -hmm. and being pretty complete about them. So I can see that sense from the interviewer side, like, wow, this person's writing a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see what they're writing, right? Yeah. It's the good kind of anxiety. It's kind of like excitement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing that happens is that the... The person who wants to get faster imagines themselves in the interview and they keep imagining that they're in the middle of their structuring and then their interviewer says, all right, time's up. What do you have? And then they won't have anything because they only have half the stuff, mm -hmm. which is true for many people who haven't learned how to deal with that. Right. So it's like, let's say you're fixing a car and time's up. The car won't work. Because mm -hmm. you're not done fixing it. Like the engine mm -hmm. won't work if you're, not, if you're not done fixing the engine. Mm -hmm. Right? Can I just speak quickly about that? I think that happens with people who haven't learned the proper technique to structure. Because the right technique to structure is to create it layer by layer in case of an issue tree. Yeah. Or to create categories first. Yeah. In the case of a conceptual framework where you have the buckets and then the hypothesis for each bucket. Mm -hmm. And then create the hypothesis for each bucket in order of priority. Mm -hmm. Or at least in order of most important buckets first. Right. Just like in the car, you would fix the engine first. 
Exactly. You fix the most important things first, and then you leave the details for later because if you're the, the owner of the car, let's say in the mechanic example comes, at least the car is working. Mm -hmm. And you say, yeah. hey, I just need to finish some details here. In that sense, in an interview, the proper technique will give you enough to get started at every single second. So if the interviewer interrupts you at 30 seconds, you will have your categories ready. Mm -hmm. If your interviewer interrupts you at one minute, you will have some good hypothesis for the most important categories ready, yeah. along with all the categories. If they stop you at two minutes, at three minutes, you will have more and more stuff in order of priority. So what you said does happen, but I think that's a lack of technique. Yes, perfect. And that's what our listeners are getting from this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I don't have the episode outlined, so <laughs> who knows? You're going to get it as well. Okay. And I think there's one more thing that causes this kind of anxiety mm -hmm. in candidates, and that is actually the content that we put out. Mm. We create... It's our fault. That's what you're saying. Yeah, we have, we have our deal of fault as well. Okay. Uh, they see the drills that we create for them in our free course, Case Interview Fundamentals. And I've heard they, them say this. This is too complete. It's impossible to do this in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And in some cases, that's true. Mm -hmm. Because we also create those drills with in-depth drill downs in every single point. Mm -hmm. And in part, that's because we want them to learn something from every second of the case and if they finish that they won't only have gained the skill in that drill but they're also going to have gained a lot of business sense for example yeah the drills are designed for learning not for a reliable example of how a case is like you can see how a real case is in our youtube videos of case interview examples for example mm -hmm. or in the article where you curated the best case interview examples on the web mm -hmm. in video format including from our competitors, etc. But yeah, the drills are made for learning, not for here's how a real answer would look like. Because a real answer has forth and back, right? Yeah. You don't have to give as much detail as when we're teaching, for example, because the interviewer can ask questions. I agree with you. And a real answer also has variety. Like, just like you said, the interviewer can stop you at two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, Yep. 10 seconds, heck, the interviewer can just give you zero seconds to think. Yeah, which some partners do. Yeah, and so that's kind of the point. The drills are not made for being the exact answer that you would give an interviewer, but designed for learning and also for practicing. If you're practicing using a drill, you can go in depth into every single small point because that's just more practice for you. Yeah, but I, I also think that what you mentioned of us being guilty of this confusion and anxiety, it points to something else, which is conflicting advice. Mm -hmm. So if you ask, and, and I'm talking about timing specifically and specifically for the initial structure of the case or the initial framework. Mm -hmm. If you ask most people, like most case interview experts on the web, they're going to say you have two minutes to put your thoughts down on paper. Mm -hmm. We say three minutes, and there's a specific reason why we do that that I want to go into very quickly and briefly. But if you ask some, not all, but some BCG interviewers, and this usually happens with BCG, mm -hmm. they will say one minute. 
And if you ask some partners, they will say, you should be able to create a structure with no paper and no time to think. Mm -hmm. And not all partners are going to say that, and not all of them do that. But some of them will say, so there's some conflicting advice. Now, some BCG interviewers will ask you to stop at one minute. Mm -hmm. I think most will give you at least two minutes. Yeah. And we say three minutes. So why do we do that? So I think there's a couple reasons why we say three minutes. The first one is that we've noticed back when we were doing coaching that if a candidate is structuring well and the interviewer can see that they're putting thoughts down into paper, they tend to give you more time. Mm -hmm. And usually they will give you a minute longer. So from two minutes, which is the usual, to three minutes. Yeah. In case, and some interviewers will stop you in the middle, in case they stop you in the middle and let's say they give you two minutes, they won't punish you because you are not done yet. Uh Because they can see you're not done yet and they understand that your answer is still going to be incomplete and you're going to finish some of the thoughts while you present the structure to them, Mm -hmm. right? But in any of these cases, you're still better off for giving yourself three minutes because your structure will be like two or three times better. So you're spending just a minute longer But because you give yourself more time, Mm -hmm. your structure is going to be twice or thrice as better. Yeah. In, let's say, a 30 to 40 minutes interview, in the most important question of the interview, because it's the first question and because it's the question that guides the rest of the case. Yeah. And because it's the question that gives your interviewer the first impression. So it's a very small investment for a huge return. And even if, you can't use the three minutes you've planned because the interviewer cut you off. If you use the proper technique, you're still better off because now the interviewer has interrupted you. They don't have a clock, so they're not, you know, counting time. There's mm-hmm. no rule book saying don't ever cross the one or two minute line. Yeah. And they know that you haven't finished your structure yet, so they will give you some time to think even as you present the answer. Mm -hmm. So that's reason number one. You're better off anyway. Reason number two is a lot of candidates are so anxious about doing the structure fast that they practice for speed before they practice for quality. And we've noticed back when we were doing coaching that if we tell them just give yourself three minutes, Mm -hmm. then they're thinking more about their structure even when they're doing mock interviews, even when they're not doing drills, Mm -hmm. and thus they get better at structuring. And sometimes they get so good that they don't even need the three minutes. Yeah. So these are the two big effects that I see. Now, you said that we say three minutes, many other people say two minutes, Mm -hmm. BCG interviewers might say one minute. Yeah. What's the real deal? How much time do they really have in the real interview? It depends, again. And I think candidates always want the simple answer. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I've asked, uh, like I, I got this question in my email the other day, which was, hey, Bruno, how much time should I spend on an analysis question? Mm-hmm. And I could say on average five minutes or six minutes or whatever. But the truth is some analyses are so simple mm-hmm. that if they solve in more than one minute, like if they take more than one minute to solve it, it's not very good. 
And some analyses are so complex that they're the whole case. Mm -hmm. So the same is true for this, right? It, dep yeah. it really depends. And, and Kenneth tried to see this very linear thing. But when you ask them, what do you mean by how much time do I have? They don't even know what they really mean. Yeah. Because I think there are three parts to a structure mm. in terms of timing. There's the time you have to think silently. Yeah. And I think most interviewers expect you to do that in two minutes, mm -hmm. but they're not timing. So if you take three and you present a great structure, that's fine. Yeah. Now, some interviewers will expect one minute of silent time and some won't give you at all, mostly mm -hmm. partners. Very few partners do that, but some do. Then there's the time to present the structure, mm -hmm. right? And when presenting the structure, it also depends. It depends on how complex the case is. Yeah. Because some cases, the structure is really simple. Maybe you should take one or two minutes to do that. And some of them, you might take five or seven minutes, right? Yeah. And then there's the time to dig deeper, which on a candidate-led case is actually solving the case itself is creating hypotheses and tests. Yeah. On a McKinsey-style case, it is having your interviewer ask you follow-up questions on some of the issues you presented. Now, mm -hmm. if you take those three parts together, on average, let's say a, an average case interview has 30 minutes. Yeah. And let's say it has five questions. Mm -hmm. If you divide 30 by five, you have six minutes per question on average. Yeah. I'd say you have at least that average amount of time for the framework because it's the most important question in the case. But it could be even more than, than average because it's such an important question. Yeah. But those are average figures, you know. It really depends. Like if you take six minutes in every case, you're using too much time. In easy cases, you're using too little time. In yeah, I agree with you that candidates always want the simple answers. Yeah. But I think that our listeners are going to value the more complete answer. And to make it simple here, I think it would be that in preparation time, it's whatever the interviewer wants it to be. Mm -hmm. It could be zero. It could be 30 seconds. Could be one minute. Could be two. Could even be three. If you're doing your work and they don't interrupt you. Mm -hmm. And you have to be ready for all of those. Yeah. And you should also know that if, if it's, anything under a minute, maybe even under two minutes, they're expecting less. They're not expecting such a large, complete answer. Yeah, and unless it's a very easy case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It also depends on the case, not only on what the interviewer says. Yeah. And when it comes to presenting time, it really depends if you're being relevant. If you're presenting relevant stuff, and you might present your structure and then point to something and say that this issue is the most important one, and then focus on it, and say how you would solve that one specific issue, and then dive deeply into one small issue inside that, and you might have solved the whole case. If you're being relevant, the interviewer is going to let you talk because they like what they're hearing, or they might cut you off, but if you're being relevant all the time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're proving that you can solve the case, which is what the interviewer is really looking for. Yeah, exactly. I think people have this idea that interviewers get together in a room after the interview and say, hey, how long did this candidate take in the framework question? Oh, he took five minutes and 56 seconds. <laughs> That's outrageous. Like, how could it be? And the truth is they just want to see if you can solve problems well. Mm -hmm. As you said, some cases 
have one or two really relevant issues. Mm -hmm. And the other issues are mere trivialities. Yeah. Other cases, more complex ones, may have 15 relevant issues. Mm -hmm. And if you forget to cover two of them, you might be in trouble. You yeah. might not touch the important stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's more a matter of knowing what's important and what could change the recommendation to the client yeah. than a matter of having a specific answer of how much time should you take to present your framework. Now, another thing that I think candidates misrepresent is they think the only time they have to think is when they're silent. Yeah. The truth is you can use your silent time just to put some structure in the paper, just some major categories that you need to cover. Mm -hmm. And if you're skilled enough, if you've practiced this, you can think as you speak. Yes. And now, my friend, you've got several minutes to think. Perfect. Because if you're, if let's say, if you have two minutes of silence and then four minutes to present your framework mm -hmm. or three minutes to present your framework, you now have five minutes to think, if you can think as you speak. And no one's perfect at this, but it can be developed. Yeah. And I think that is something that candidates should be looking at developing. Yeah. That's not an extra, a plus that will be, they will be impressive if they have. That's something that candidates need to develop because they will be able to make much, much better structures and they will be ready for situations when the interviewer gives them less time to think. Like you said, if you have the proper technique, you can use any amount of time and still have a good answer. And that's what I want to get into right now. What most people do is they try to practice structures in three minutes or two minutes. And that's the worst way to practice structuring, even though that's most often what you're supposed to do in your cases. Now, the best way to practice structuring is playing with the timelines in my perspective. So, for example, in our free course, we teach people to take 20 minutes to structure something mm -hmm. when they're starting out. Why yeah. is that? For the same reason why if you play the guitar or whatever instrument and you want to learn a new three-minute song, mm -hmm. you take 20 minutes to learn it. Even if you play the instrument well. Yeah. You don't take three minutes to learn it. Unless mm -hmm. you're really, really good, right? Yeah. And why is that? Well, because you need some time to incorporate the transitions and to learn the notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Musical stuff. If you try to learn a three-minute song in three minutes and you're not really good, mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you're not going to learn to play the song. Yeah. Right? So I think that's one thing. When you're learning to structure, you haven't mastered the techniques yet, you should learn with a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Now, once you're good, you will be able to reduce that time to three minutes or two minutes. Yeah. And most people stop here. And mm -hmm. what you're saying is they should go one step further and push the silent time down eventually to zero. Yes, exactly. Because then when they have three minutes to think in a real interview, they're going to be freaking amazing. Yes, exactly. So the first tip on how to get faster and the most important one is get good before you get fast. Okay. And there are a couple of reasons for that. The first one is... You won't get any consulting job by doing a quick, mediocre structure. 
Right. That's interesting. You know, everyone wants to structure fast, but no one wants to structure well mm -hmm. before they learn to structure fast. Yeah. It's amazing to me. It's like people seeing those people in like sports bikes on the road, you know, like motorbikes, like those BMW ones. Yeah. At 200 per hour. Yeah. In countries that allow that at least or in countries where people do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh, I want to ride motorbikes. And yeah. And they go to motorbike school and you're like at 20 kilometers per hour being like, oh, this is freaking boring. Yeah. And and in the beginning, you also feel like you're so fast because you're, you know, on a motorcycle running at 20 miles an hour. Yeah. So the other reason why you should get good before you get fast is because getting better will also give you resources to get faster. What do you mean? I mean, if you're really good, you have a ton of ideas in your mind. Mm -hmm. If you've done this several times, you will develop your intuition more. If you develop your intuition more, when you get a case where you need to be fast, your intuition will already be there. If you've practiced a ton of structures with a lot of time and you've dug in depth into each important point of every case, mm -hmm. you get a lot more practice. And that intuition will help you come up with the best ideas quick for the new cases. Let's see if I understood what you said. The best candidates have a lot of ideas in mind. Which yes. makes them not very good at structuring because of too many ideas. No. Ah. What I mean is if you do if you solve tough cases or if you solve any cases for that matter, in depth is like you're doing four or five cases. Oh, that's right. Because say a profitability case, if you go like eight layers deep, it's also a how to improve manufacturing efficiency case. How to improve your sales process case. How to sell more. Pricing case. strategy. How to sell more. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. It's a that distribution channels case. Yeah. And the more cases you do, the more intuition you're developing. Mm -hmm. And the more intuition you have, the less time you need. Mm -hmm. And so this is the second reason to get good before you get fast. Getting faster is going to be easier. Right. Another way to look at this is imagine you're learning how to play basketball and you want to learn how to shoot three-pointers. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to shoot three-pointers very quickly in a court because other people are going to take the ball from you. Right. But like you're going to have a split second to throw that ball. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But if you practice with that much time, you're never going to throw a single good three-pointers. Right. You need to practice for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. You hold the ball, put it in the right position, Think what you did wrong the last time. Concentrate, breathe. Exactly. And then throw. And then you're going to miss it. But then you're going to get the ball. And you're going to think what you did wrong this time. You're going to concentrate more. You're going to breathe. You're going to get calm. You're going to throw the ball. Yeah. When you do this a hundred times, you're going to be able to do it faster. Yeah. And then you can practice, you know, reducing that time. Yeah. But if you're not throwing the ball perfectly with 30 seconds you're not going to throw the ball perfectly with half a second. It's impossible to get good by being fast first. Yes. Like, if you want to get good and fast, you need to be good first and then fast. It's impossible the other way around. For most skills. Mm -hmm. Certainly for structuring. Perfect. And so what candidates should be doing before even thinking about getting fast is taking the case and drilling on it 
for really as much time as they want and making a perfect answer. Or mm -hmm. no answers are perfect and there is no single perfect answer for a case. Mm -hmm. There are many very good ones that are super different from one another. But creating the best answer they can, an answer that actually solves the problem, that drills down into the most important issues, mm -hmm. sometimes even in the average importance issues mm -hmm. so that they can get more practice. And when they're doing that really well, when they're getting to all the important topics, when they're hitting on all the notes, then they can start thinking about reducing that time. And how do they do that? How do they reduce the time? That's the catch. That's the second way of reducing your time, which will bring it down to two minutes or even to zero, right? And that is you start leaving... So just to clarify, the first way is to get good. Yeah, the first thing you do is you get good. That will give you ammunition to get fast. Okay. And that's also going to allow you to make structures that, that are good because will pass. If yeah. they're not good, why bother about being fast? Exactly. Yeah. So what you do is slowly take something out of your preparation time. Mm. So what you're doing in your preparation is creating the first layer of the structure or the categories. Mm -hmm. And then you're breaking all of those down one step. And then you're breaking them down another step. And then you're jotting down the most important issues, hypotheses, topics, ideas in each one of those. Mm -hmm. Then you might even think what you want to talk about within each one of those ideas or, you know, whatever, bullet points. Yeah. What you can do is first remove that last layer and do that last layer as you present the structure. Mm -hmm. And then you remove the second to last layer. And as you present the structure, you come up with the ideas, with the hypothesis, and then talk about them. Mm -hmm. And then you take away the last actual layer of the structure, which is just one breakdown. So I'm, I'm not sure if I follow you. You're taking the deeper layers out. Yes. Isn't the structure worse for that? It's a simpler structure, but you, the layers are going to be there. You're just... In you're your gonna, head. You're going to break it down once you get there in presenting. Ah, got it. So at first, you're going deep in your silent time. Mm -hmm. But once you master that, you stop doing a lot of the deeper layer stuff in your silent time because you've gained confidence that you'll be able to think through those issues when you're presenting. Exactly. And then in your silent time, you just build the top layers. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. And then that will eventually bring you down to only breaking the structure down into one layer mm -hmm. right away. And then you can start presenting. It takes maybe a while. Two. Yeah, maybe two, but maybe sometimes you won't have the time for two. Yeah. And if you don't have the time for two, of course, the interviewer doesn't expect a five-layer structure. Mm -hmm. But if they gave you the time for that and maybe the follow-up questions, you would get there. Yeah. And if you present a very simple structure to an interviewer and they feel like mm, maybe this is too simple for the case, they will give you the benefit of the doubt at least once mm -hmm. and ask you, hey, can you go deeper here? Yeah. And then if you do an amazing job going deeper there, mm -hmm. they might test you a second time. Hey, how about here? What are your hypotheses here? And then you go deep very well there. Then they'll be like, okay, this guy knows what's, what they're doing. It's going to be fine. So I agree, but you have to know how to go deeper. Yes. Otherwise, you'll be like, oh, uh, I don't know. I never passed this revenue 
equals quantity times price part, <laughs> right? Yeah. I never go deeper than that. I, I have two more things that I think help with structuring faster. Yeah. And the two keywords are prioritization mm -hmm. and intuition. Uh. So by prioritization, I mean a lot of candidates that I see who are learning to structure well they start having all of these ideas and then they have like structures with eight categories and seven issues per category. And then these are usually the people who email us saying, how do I structure faster? Mm -hmm. And they don't see that they've done a lot of progress because they went from regurgitating a pre-made framework from a book that would never work mm -hmm. into thinking of all of these issues to the case that are relevant to the case that pass the toothbrush test. In case you don't know what the toothbrush test is, go to YouTube and look up for that mm -hmm. in our channel. So they get all of these things and then they're concerned because they take 10 minutes to do that. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we teach in some of our courses. But how to get faster after that? One way is prioritizing better. So of these eight categories that you thought, what are the four critical ones? Mm -hmm. And what are the three most critical issues for each of these categories? Or what of these categories need three critical issues and which ones just have one critical issue? Yeah. And then you have m much less ideas to communicate and to think through. Mm -hmm. But you have to develop this prioritization skill. And it has to come before you even create the framework. Yeah. But the best way to do that is to create the long-form framework first and then prioritize. And then the next time you solve a similar case, you're going to know intuitively the things that matter the most. And that brings me to the second thing, which is intuition. Mm -hmm. As you structure more and more, you'll be able to intuitively know what categories are important, how to break down specific buckets, and which hypotheses are the most relevant for them. And... When I say it like this, it's like, okay, but how do I develop this intuition, you smartass? And the answer is you just practice a lot. Yeah. Long form, short form, do the work, and the intuition will come. Kind of like when you get a really great musician and you play them a three-minute song, by minute one and a half, they know how to play the song already, and you're like, that's amazing, how did you do that? And they're like, oh, it's so obvious, like, yeah. It's just doing this this thing in C major. And you're like, I don't know what that means, but uh -huh. whatever, you're playing the song. Yeah. And some people even play along. Like they start listening to the song and then they start playing along. Yeah. How have they done that? It's not logic. It's not they're following the rules. It's they have a good intuition. They have internalized so many of the logic rules and and principles that they can do that. Mm -hmm. And you get that through experience and through understanding what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And part of it is just basically developing business sense, right? That which as well. Are, which is a topic for not only one, probably several other episodes yeah. that they're going to see here in the pod. But not just business sense, also patterns mm -hmm. in structures and patterns in good structures, not frameworks, but things like, oh, when you need this thing, yeah. You, you usually also need this other thing, otherwise the structure isn't messy. Can you give an example of that? Sure. This is an advanced thing you can do with your structures, but when you use an objective-driven structure, uh -huh. 
So a structure that's based on underlying goals and objectives of the firm or or your clients, kind of like criteria that they have to check the boxes. Mm -hmm. One of the categories, when you use that type of framework, which we don't even teach in the free course, we teach in the advanced course because it's much harder. One of the categories that often you use is market attractiveness. Yeah. Is this market attractive? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, not all the times, when you use the market attractiveness bucket, you also use the competitive advantage bucket. Because one is, is this market attractive? And mm -hmm. competitive advantage means, can I do well or better than my competitors in this market? Because mm -hmm. if you find a an attractive market that you can perform better than average, that means that it's a winner. Yeah. Right? Now, this doesn't mean that these two boxes, these two categories on their own are a messy structure. Sometimes they are, mm -hmm. but depending on the specific problem and the specific prompt, you may also need other things. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem. Like, oh, is this structure messy? It depends on the case question. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, that's what I meant by that. All right, that makes sense. I think that our candidates have a ton to do mm -hmm. right now based on what we've, we've already given them. I have a question to ask. What is it? How can they go from two minutes to zero minutes? That is just doubling down on the removing layers from their structure as they practice. So as we said before, they're practicing and doing in their silent time the full structure. And mm -hmm. then... They're doing in their silent time just a part of the structure. And then less and less and less. And more and more of the structure they are doing as they speak. They're thinking about it as they speak. Mm -hmm. If they double down on it, they will eventually get to starting to create the structure as they start presenting it. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that, although it is a lot harder the more layers you remove. Yeah, I have an extra tip for this, which is, this is for advanced candidates only, but if you're at the point where you can create a pretty good structure in two minutes, even if that means you need to complement something, some of this, uh, some parts of the structure as you present, mm -hmm. you need to remove the training wheels if you want to go further. And honestly, you don't need to go further than this. Mm -hmm. You'll probably get an offer or at least not get rejected to, due to your structuring. But if you want to speak and think in a structured way fluently and fluently create a framework yeah. for a case, you can remove the training wheels. And what I mean by this is practicing on your own at home, get some case prompts, some case questions, read them, and as you finish reading them, give yourself a couple breaths and start speaking. Right. You can, cool. you can use paper and write at the same time if you want, mm -hmm. but just do that. And it's going to be horrible the first five or ten times. But if you're good at structuring, when you have time to think, and you do that enough times, you'll eventually be able to structure as you speak. And that's how you develop the skill. All right, Bruno, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do. I always do. I think the thing that would benefit most people listening to this are the two things that would benefit most people listening to this. I'll start with the second one first. Just join our free course mm -hmm. on case interviews, case interview fundamentals if you want to learn how to create good frameworks 
from scratch, custom to your case. Because if you're still using framework, like canned frameworks from case books or from case in point or whatever, you're not gonna have good enough structures for your cases because they won't be specific enough. If you don't wanna do the free course now, at least go on our YouTube channel, watch the toothbrush test video because that's gonna instantly improve your structures mm -hmm. and make more case specific. Now the first tip that I have because I started with the second mm -hmm. is for candidates who wants to become both faster and better mm -hmm. with their structure, what I recommend them to do is bimodal practice. What is this? Instead of just practicing structures with a time limit, mm -hmm. and instead of just practicing structures without a time limit, yeah. you can do both, but only if you follow one specific order. Which is? Fast first, mm -hmm. then quality, and no time limits later. Because if you start with the long one, then you're, it's going to be easy to do the fast one. Yeah. Right? So, or you can even do in three steps. You can do fast first, mm -hmm. then, so two minutes, then start speaking. Mm -hmm. And then you have like three or four minutes to speak. Yeah. And if you skip the speaking step, it doesn't make sense because it's going to be unrealistic. Yeah. Then second step, do the long one. Take your, t take your time, like take 20, 30 minutes to structure the same case mm -hmm. and see what else you come up with mm -hmm. or how much more specific or deep or insightful can you be. Yeah. And then optionally, third step, redo it in the fast mode. Two minutes to think, three or four to speak, and now your structure is going to be much, much better because you know what the answer looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And I think that your second tip that you brought up, uh, which you talked about first, joining our course and doing the frameworks module and watching the toothbrush test video, it hits on the point, get good before you get fast, which I think is super important, but it brings something up to me, which is if you're using pre-canned frameworks and if you're talking about vague issues, that sometimes are not even relevant, which are the ones that don't pass the toothbrush test. When you start doing better frameworks, you are going to be slower. Mm -hmm. And that is a good thing. Yeah, That's a path that you can't not take. Yeah, It will be slower to do better frameworks and to do better structures in general. Case-specific frameworks. Yeah, Better case-specific frameworks, you're right. Now, after that, you start cutting down your time. Don't start cutting down your time before going through that process of making really, really good frameworks. Yeah. Or do bimodal practice. You could do that as well. They can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's frustrating to people to... Oh, I, I was using the frameworks from Case in Point or Victor Chang, and I was able to create a structure in two minutes, and then they start using our method... Mm -hmm. And they start creating case-specific structures, structures unique to that case, and then they take longer. And I think it's a bit frustrating. Yeah. And some people might feel compelled to go back to the old ways. Mm -hmm. But the problem is the old ways are not going to get you an offer. Yeah. So an analogy that I think will help people get over this frustration is, let's say you start learning to play the guitar. I'll go back to the music analogy. Mm -hmm. You start learning to play the guitar. You go to a music teacher. They teach you five songs mm -hmm. or 
two songs or whatever. Yeah. And you learn those songs. But they don't teach you anything else. They don't teach you how come the songs work. Why are we using, I don't know, certain notes after another one. And they don't teach you anything. They just say, hey, play these two songs. Mm -hmm. It might be good enough for, I don't know, a barbecue with your friends. Yeah. Or to impress your grandma in, you know, Christmas <laughs> Eve. Yeah. But if you go later to another teacher who says, hey, I'm going to teach you how to play any song mm -hmm. and how to learn to play any song on your own. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this sucks. I take 30 minutes to learn a song, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm much slower now. It's not a fair comparison, right? Yeah. Because the first one is just teaching you a trick, and then now you're a one-trick pony, and the second one is actually teaching you the real stuff. Mm -hmm. And that second teacher will probably tell you, hey, if you learn this enough, and if you learn, I don't know, 15 songs using these methods, eventually it will you'll take 10 minutes to learn a song, and then eventually you will be like your amazing friend who can play songs as they start playing on the radio, like yeah. instantly. But you have to go through the process. Yeah. And then you'll be able to play music and not just impress your grandma. Mm -hmm. Right? Because impressing your grandma is not going to get you an offer. And learning the right, the real stuff is. Yeah. So I, I just think it's a good analogy for people to understand why we recommend them to go through so much trouble in a sense mm -hmm. in order to learn to structure fast yeah thank you for listening to the case interview podcast if you want to get more insights into how to prepare like the best candidates and increase your chances of getting your dream offer you can listen to our entire back catalog starting from episode one in fact some of our best episodes are the ones we recorded early on and if you want to go deeper and learn our best case-solving techniques, we welcome you to join our free course called Case Interview Fundamentals. And you can get instant access to it at craftingcases.com course. Now, I hope to see you in the next episode or in one of the previous ones.